0: Welcome to the twentieth episode of the Powerless Podcast. In this episode, I am talking to Dylan Lloyd, who is a solo artist. Um, recently signed to a major recording record deal, we get into that a bit. get Into the start of his music, I um, got in touch with Dylan through Nick Sinto's second episode in a row from someone that I got in touch with through Nick Sinto's, who is a member of the Flips, who was on this show, I think, episode six. Um, so shout out to Nick once again for getting me this person, um, kind of out of my own circle of people I can find. Uh, it's super great conversation. We talk about everything from Dylan starting music to um, what got him into kind of doing uh, recording, being a solo artist on a professional level, and his most recent signing with a major record label recording contract. So it's just really cool to talk to him about everything from his influences um, from a wide variety of genres to. Uh, where he's at in his trajectory going forward with a debut album release and things of that nature. I won't spill the whole beans on everything we talk about, so you can just kind of listen through, but it was super great to talk to Dylan. Um, super nice guy, super easy to get along with in a conversation when I had not really talked to him too much before. Um, and so I just really hope you guys check it out. Ho- hope you guys really enjoy it. Again, thanks Dylan so much for doing this with me. Uh, just as a reminder, if you want to get in touch with me to either get on the show, Give me criticism. Tell me what you like about the show. Just have a chat with me. I love talking about music in all shapes and forms. I don't know what fuck I was trying to say there. But um, you can reach me at The Powerless Pod on all social media, whether that's Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Uh, I do have a TikTok, even though I don't really use it much. I'm going to try to remember to post some things there uh, going forward. Um, you can also reach me at, with email at thepowerlesspod at gmail.com. Um, and I just really like to hear from people. I've been getting a lot of... Uh, responses from people lately, which has been nice, had a few new followers, everything in between, so I really appreciate the conversations with people. It always is nice to kind of hear people that I don't have a personal connection with that uh, really like the show or found it in some way, Um, whether it's through some of the music episodes, which is a majority that we've done, uh, whether it's uh, an episode with a band like uh, Silent Planet or, um, like I mentioned before, uh, a local band from Chicago, The Flips, uh, whether it's the first episode I did with Alec Hawkins from the band Wholeheart, uh, Benny from Avoid, all these different bands. Um, it's been great to kind of talk with music about these things, both with the guests and people who check out the show and follow and get in contact with me. And also, as a, a lot of repeat listeners know, the show also dives into world issues and politics, depending on the uh, person that I get on the show. Whether it's uh, my good friend, Shabir Rizvi, who's uh, an activist and also um, uh, has has traveled and had some great experiences in a place like Iran that we talked about in the second episode I did with him, or Matt guy who is a political commentator was actually just filling in for Kyle Kolinsky on Secular Talk, which is a huge channel with over a million uh, subscribers on YouTube. Um, so whether you're listening from the music perspective or political world issue perspective, there's something here for you to to check out. Um, There's going to be a few pretty cool episodes coming up soon. The next one after this next week will be um, a member of the band The Narrator, which is a German hardcore metalcore band uh, that I randomly stumbled upon through social media that is just absolutely killing it and one of my favorite bands I found recently. Um, There's also going to be a few other episodes with a good friend that I'm wearing the shirt from today in the intro for this, Riverside Drive. That'll be up in a couple of weeks. Got a few other ones lined up as well. Got a few guests that are pretty cool that are lined up to be recorded in the next coming weeks. So again, just continue to check this out. Uh, make sure to reach out to me. Um, I always like to hear from people. And I'll stop babbling there. But before we get into the episode, anyone that's been listening for the last couple of weeks knows what I'm about to plug. I'm going to plug uh, the, the metal band from Grand Rapids, Michigan, Wholeheart. Again, the first guest of the show, Alec Hawkins, is the guitar player and one of the lyricists for the band. Uh, Their last EP, Dreams To Die With You, is one of my favorite EPs I've heard of the past several years. It was my favorite EP last year, number one for 2022. Really love the lyrics and the lyrical direction. Really love the the songwriting, the production that they do in-house. Their bass player Kai does himself with the mixing, mastering, producing, everything in between. Uh, And just love everything from the delivery of the harsh vocals that their vocalist major does, to again, the lyrical content with sort of a concept EP that they put together, um, to the production, to everything in between. It's heavy, but also melodic. Uh, for anyone that's a fan of a band like Counterparts, um, again, I've mentioned this in the last episode I did, but uh, the Bloodwork album from Texas in July, it sounds like that, but more modernized, you know, and obviously with their own spin on that t- style of music. But I just really encourage you to check it out. I will play. A clip of one of their songs from dreams that die with you at the end of this recording before we get into it with dylan lloyd so again here is a a snippet of a song from the ep dreams that die with you from wholeheart and then we'll get into the episode with dylan lloyd thanks All right i am uh, i'm here with dylan lloyd how are you doing today buddy really good bro thanks so much for having me man this is so awesome yeah i appreciate uh appreciate your time before we get started i love that you have a goku uh a goku art in the background that is that is i'm all about that that's fantastic
1: dude this is there's three three main influences in my life it's michael jackson michael dritten
0: goku hey hey that's great those are those are those are amazing those are amazing influences all around sports music and just being a supernatural god you know all the all the things we need right
1: (laughs) they're just all larger than life and they've got you know like uh their their focus is so singularly focused on 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 their goals and their career Uh and they're, they're lightning focused on what they do he's for fighting michael's was for music and business and jordan was for just you know, being the best basketball player in the world, all three of them want to be the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Hell yeah. That's <laughs> a great, that's a great way to start this with some motivation and some, uh, Man, I, I didn't have I didn't have to ask a single question for you to give me some of your three biggest influences. I'm just that yeah. good. It's it's, it's, it's great. No. Um, but uh, uh, thanks for so so much for coming on. I gotta give a shout out shout out to Nick Santos um, for yes. for letting me know about you and your music. Uh, shout out to Nick. You're the second person he's gotten me to get on here, and two out of two, he knocked it out of the park. I, I, there's another band called Okay Cool that I recorded already in you, and both you guys are like some of my favorite. Uh, music I've heard in the past year that I hadn't heard before. So, uh, awesome. props to Nick for giving me some good recommendations. Um, I love Nick. I love yeah. him. Just shout
1: out to him. Shout out to the Flips and Nick is one of the greatest songwriters I've ever known. And um, yeah, man, I, I I just think he's a genius. So,
0: how, how uh, if you don't mind me asking, how did you uh, how did you get to know Nick? How do you where do you know Nick from?
1: We went to the same grade school
0: together oh no kidding that's 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 crazy that's awesome yeah Yeah,
1: we went to the same grade school together and i was in this band called Pangea with some of the best musicians at the school and um you know i remember nick i remember going to nick's house and playing and stuff and um i just remember that band was really my my band that i was in in grade school was really influential with other bands and other grade schools and just in general, we were just really influential because we were just all kick-ass at what we did, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Connor Grant, who was the lead guitarist of that band, he uh, plays now with with Sean Lennon and um, I think it's Sean Lennon. I think that's his name, um, John Lennon's Son. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, with uh, you know Matt Rosecco, who's one of the you know best drummers in in the Chicago area. Uh, we just had a we just had a crazy all star musicianship lineup in grade school um uh, it was it was in high school too it was wild
0: yeah that sounds yeah that's a, that's a lot of success right there in a, in a in a in a little category of people that were in a band in grade school like i can't even <laughs> imagine being in a band in grade school to begin with <laughs> you know like yeah we were, was, we were about it we were real about it man It was yeah that's that's awesome. Well, before we get into any of the, um, any of your current stuff, maybe we can, since we've been on this topic we can go back and I always like to hear from people, um, where you first got into music, obviously you already referenced Michael Jackson, you referenced being in a band like pretty young, you know, I think not too many people are in a band that young, you know? Um, so to kind of speak to that. What got you first into music? What got you first writing your own music and things of that nature? Sure, bro. Yeah, that's a good question. I,
1: when i was little um so i grew up on the south side of chicago in inglewood which is like not the place i would recommend anybody being but it did definitely give me a lot of perspective on the inner self and what i mean by that is my grandparents who i was raised by didn't let me go out so i had a lot of alone time with my thoughts and my creativity so as a young young child I'd say anywhere from three, four, or five years old, I was hearing music in my head all the time that I knew I wasn't hearing from the radio. So I would go on the piano and start to self-teach myself. And um, little did I know, those beginnings helped me to solidify music as being not just the way out of the hood, but the way to my dreams. It was like, I can't even describe how magnanimous of that achievement was. And, and, then being, and then being around Michael Jackson's music all the time, you know, I didn't understand, you know, the idiosyncrasies of him as a businessman yet, but I could sense the drive in him because I just felt like every single song was so, it was just so, not just poignant, but targeted and, and not just distinct, but it was purposeful. Michael, everything he does is aggressive in a passionate way and purposeful. And I don't know why that just really rubbed off on.
0: Well, well, you know, he's arguably the the best to ever do it in a broad genre, right? Like you talk about pop music, like there's a lot that envelops pop music. And yet, like, no one would argue anyone did it better than him, in my opinion. Right. So, So you know, I, I, that's a, that's a great, so, so you kind of basically starting off having a lot of time, you said to yourself, um, thinking of music before, like that you weren't hearing kind of like your own music in your head type deal, having Michael Jackson as a big influence in the home. Um, where did it stem from there for you from it being like this kind of introverted solitude thing at home, you know, an idea in your head as a young kid to you actually kind of writing and performing your own music. Where did that kind of start for you? Um if you remember. <laughs> right? I,
1: I I do I do. It's just thinking back on it, I don't I don't and I don't tend to think back on it a lot, which is amazing because you know, life just zooms by. Uh-huh. And you accomplish so many things from then to now. Mm-hmm. But I do recall that there was a turning point. Uh when I was around eleven or twelve my mother gave me my first piano lessons from um, the fine arts building downtown. Mm -hmm. I took three months' worth of lessons. And apparently the teacher said I was advancing so fast that I guess he didn't know what else to teach me. I don't recall this, really. I think it might have been an excuse because, you know, I love you, Mom, but I don't know if they could have afforded, really, me to continue doing lessons. Mm Mm-hmm. But all that I knew was I took those lessons and, you know, exponential, I, I, it just, there's this exponential output of creativity I had from those, from that very small amount of lessons I had. I permeated them across everything else I did. And those influences, which were actually classical based or classically based. Mm-hmm. I injected into what I really wanted to do, which was jazz and pop orient. Because growing up as a piano-influenced artist, my influences were Ben Folds, and they were um, Elton John, and they uh, were Stevie Wonder. And so piano was my first instrument. So then getting into the band that uh, you know Nick knew about and all the grade schoolers knew about that went to my school... I was then, I was then um, not in a bad way, but subjected to um, Grateful Dead and prog rock bands like Fish, Grateful Dead, Dave Matthews Band. And right. That then, inject, that then put in me wanting to play guitar because piano was this world of, of, of pattern recognition and I could look down and everything was the same, but it wouldn't achieve all the time the sonic quality I wanted. Mm-hmm. In a song, so then I would look to, funny enough, because I was in a prog rock band, I would look to the Foo Fighters with uh, Dave Grawl. <laughs> yeah, you know, I loved "There Is Nothing Left to Lose." I think that is still the greatest album ever made, more than yeah. any Michael album, more than any Beatles album. I just feel like that oh. album, when those guys, uh before they signed to RC, I think it was RCA that ended up releasing the record, they left. I forget which label they left, but they were in between. Mm -hmm. And Dave ended up going to a a basement built rig with the studio back at the crib, basically, I think in Virginia. And, you know, Nate Mendel left, who was the former guy from Nirvana. It Mm -hmm. was just him, Taylor, guy rest his soul. And uh, not Nate Mendel, I forget his name. Nate Nate is the bassist. Nate, Taylor, and Dave, that was just three of them. Mm -hmm. eating barbecue making records and you can tell all on that record it's just so chill and laid back and that record influenced me as a guitar player and that opened up me being a multi instrumentalist so that was my beginnings really
0: yeah i mean well i was gonna i was i was gonna ask you about that when we get into some of your music you've already released like it, it definitely feels like you i i don't know how much of it you know you record or you do studio obviously you studio. Musicians for different things or whatever else, but like it feels. Some of the songs felt like a guitar-driven singer, right? You know, almost like like uh, not to re- reference him. He's not an influence of yours, but like one, I forget which song it was, but I listened to one of them and I was like, oh, this got like a like a continuum John Mayer feel to it, almost. Totally. You know, which like which like totally. one of my favorite albums of all time, and totally. and and yeah. like you know a, a great singer songwriter like artist in a lot of ways but still really focused on the guitar and i might totally. have been don't make me w- wait it might have been that one i'd have oh, to go totally. back and listen oh, yeah. but like it was like it was like i turned yeah. it on i was like man this sounds like this could be like <laughs> on the extended version of the continuum album yeah. almost or something right. which which like for from me is a huge compliment like i know That's some people. Amazing, That's t- yeah 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 uh, it'll just just because like it has like that it's it's like pop with um with originality and like you. rock, you know, like rock elements to it, you know, you, you. you sound like a rock star, even though it's, even though it's clearly a pop song, you know what I'm saying? Thank you. Um, yeah. Thank you so which much. Which is a good mix of uh, Foo Fighters and Michael Jackson. So there we go. Yeah, right. For um, sure. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, dude, that's, that's a great compliment. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Because room for squares was uh,
1: another pivotal. There are albums in my life, bro, that were pivotal in my evolution. So it was first, um, It was actually uh, my favorite Michael album is the bad album now, which is funny Uh as I get older. That is my favorite one uh, because primarily was all written by Michael. That's the main Mm -hmm. music why. But growing up, the pivotal album was the Dangerous album. That was first. And then from Dangerous, it went to uh, There is Nothing Left to Lose. It was actually a combination. There's Nothing Left to Lose and Whatever and Ever. Amen by Ben Folds Five. So Mm -hmm. Food Fighters and Ben Folds Five. and then. Right after that, like soon thereafter, um, it was Room for Squares. So, you know, when I heard Room for Squares, I was like, God damn, like this motherfucker's doing jazz and pop at the same time. This is what I've been looking for all my life. Like I couldn't, I I, I heard it in Mike's music, definitely. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the only one to really closely do it was like Ben Folds 5. And they weren't even really that mainstream. They had
0: one record that was a Billboard hit. I was gonna say like Ben Folds is like a band that I I really liked for like a few select songs, right? But like right. wasn't like a wasn't like a big name on the radio by any stretch of the no, imagination, no, right? No, for yeah.
1: one song and that was it. That was mm-hmm. it. So for John to come out with you know and your body is a wonderland and 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 um whatever the other record was that was a big hit. Those two songs really didn't do justice but the whole like palette of that record that whole record is jazz pop as fuck.
0: well you, you talk about uh we, we can nerd out on this stuff for a second because i sure. i don't get to talk to a lot of my friends are in the oh. middle and I, I don't i don't get to talk about this stuff that much but <laughs> but uh you know like neon for example from room for squares Absolutely. if you you know Absolutely. it's a great it's a it's one of those things too from from that record that like it's a great song in studio but when you get to watch him do it live acoustic you're just like. I can't that's the one that's the one like YouTube video I've probably hit replay on more than anything yeah. else in my yeah. life. Just cause like yeah. people underestimate how amazing John Mayer is at guitar. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, it's unreal, is. you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. John, John, John is the, John is the greatest guitarist of our time, but you know, I can't help but look at him and feel so much love for another guitarist. I love Dave Matthews. because Yeah. Yeah. Because Dave may not, solo like john does but his you know his polyphony his syncopation when he sings with the shit that he does on guitar just like john like you could tell john got something
0: yeah yeah like what what i what i what both of those people blow my mind with is whenever you know because some of their music since the it's so well like written from a vocal and like pop structure standpoint i think a lot of people lose the intricacy but when you watch them live
1: and just like
0: uh, even like the the first video i ever saw of dave when he just played some like you know like probably some barbecue or something right yeah they there, just him alone i think and he's like doing these crazy arpeggiated guitar parts while singing his kind of bluesy dave matthews you know uh <laughs> voice and yeah, you're like right. you're you're like god if i saw that at an, at an open mic night i just think of myself in the shoes of those people i'd be like wow that's insane away. you know what i mean yeah you'd be fuck is doing that? No, like no, where's your done. record let me buy a song from you that kind of deal yeah, and so yeah. like like you know i think that gets lost when the these guys get so big, you know, and there's, yeah. you know, and like I said, there's a big. They're so good at the pop elements, along with the intricacy, that like, sure. like you were saying about the couple songs, like your body is a wonderland and stuff like that off that record. Good songs, but like, it, songs. It, it, it takes away from like how intricate those artists can be. You yeah. know, like yeah. John Mayer is one of those people that, you know, like I said, I, I have a lot of friends who are into breakdowns and metal and heavy stuff. And yeah. if any if any guitar player talks crap about uh John Mayer, I <laughs> defend it to the death, you know. <laughs> no way. So good, right? So good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh so so going from that, you know, you 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 get into music a little bit more like you said, you played in that band that that Nick would have also known you from in school. Um, I know that in 2009 you had a publishing deal with BMG Rights Management. What led to that? What got you kind of starting doing this um, solo pop? Uh, you know, I shouldn't ju- it's just solo artist. I should say uh, solo artist endeavor. Um, sure. kind of speak to that, how did that start for you? Well,
1: um, it was sacrifice. Um, at the time, I had to pursue this deal by giving up um a pending marriage i had to give up a relationship which jesus you know yeah you know at the time it took that type of sacrifice you know i i knew that once i had graduated college that college was not going to give me the credentials to become a success in the actual music business there was nothing college could teach me you had to go in and you had to surgically understand the idiosyncrasies of the business by being in Right. college. There is no book. There may be a book, but (laughs) there is no, there is no, you know what I'm saying? There is no. Yeah, absolutely. So when I got the opportunity, um, I took it and it took me about three months to get signed to the publishing deal. Now, People don't really understand what all these deals are but a publishing deal is a songwriting deal it's when a publishing company signs right. you as a songwriter same way as a record deal they give you an advance and um you know you have to they, they have to um collect um you know based on whatever placements you get um I'm, the word is escaping me right now um but anyway i was signed to this publishing deal as a songwriter and it was for about seven years and i love jonathan stone he was a great great boss great guy i had to move to la to do it because all of the viable publishing companies are in la nashville and new york right um you know there was a time back in the day where you know when chess records was popping off chicago used to be the hub of the music business you know And not too far away, Detroit was where Barry Gordy was with Motown. So you, mid the Midwest, used to be the place. But you know, LA has always been there. So had to make the trek. Got signed. That's where it really flourished. Was making all of these connects, and um, that was a very essential time for me. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I mean that that's that's interesting. So so when you talk about being a you know a publishing deal as a songwriter um does that entail you know just because you know for somebody like me that's literally only done like diy you know diy music in my life like or for a lot of people listening does that mean like writing along with um signed artists does that mean you know kind of working on your own material that they would want for various things or what What was kind of the details of that because i don't know a lot of people probably sure. don't don't know the details of something yeah. like that you know
1: so the details of my publishing deal where I had a travel budget, um, I had a production budget, and I had a separate advance budget to live on. Um, anything that was taken out of the production budget, they would own the master copy of, which makes sense because mm-hmm. they're paying for the production budget. Um, they also owned 100% of the publishing, which would then dissipate over years, so from 100 to 90 to it would just keep dissipating as they kept doing the contract. But um, they also had options tagged on. So, um, you know, if I wasn't able to get placements, so then they could like collect royalties off those placements, then they could essentially drop me from the advance, but still retain the fact that, you know, they owned masters from the deal. And if those masters got placed somewhere, then they could then be able to collect later on. So, um, that word is still escaping me, but I'll find that word somewhere in this interview.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wish it could help. you. Yeah, I, I well, can't of it. There was a word, I'll
1: get it. Um, but um, so, what I would receive sometimes is uh, something called who's looking lists. And these would be given to me by ARs from certain record labels, and each artist would have their AR telling or describing what their artist needed. So, for example, let's say Beyonce's AR. Needed a song that sounded like this, that, and the other, and then I would know firsthand that Beyonce was making a new record because she's on the list right. mm-hmm. and then I would go in with a producer, which usually back in the day was Justin Bieber's producer of MDL him and I would go in together, and we would look at this list and we would pick, and we would just you know see what we can do now right. now um I'm less on the publishing deal side of things. I'm now on the artist and licensing side of things. So Mm -hmm. not only am I an artist assigned to artists now, but I'm also assigned to a licensing deal where I get briefs on film and TV shows. It's kind of the same thing, but it's not artists anymore. It's now, um, center focused on, um, film and TV opportunities.
0: Which we can uh, talk about right now. One of the things that I put down was that you were, one of your songs was just put on, um, uh a tv show right uh i i i I, to be fair i don't watch this tv show but i kind of know what it is because it's popular right Um, Uh, love is blind um (laughs) is that kind of where that came from is is kind of those connections and things of that nature did somebody just go like hey we want this song on and it works for like licensing or where, where did that come from? Cause that was random as hell. Yeah. You know, that's cool. Yeah. It was very it's, cool,
1: but yeah. it's insane. So shout out to um, the writer of the song, my mentor and friend, Raymond Lane mm-hmm. uh, who wrote the song and then allowed me to cover this song. Cause I, I love his writing so much. And it was a song I released in 2015 that now I'm going to re-release again on my new record because it was on love is blind. So I've got to release it again
0: right <laughs>
1: um so what happened was my licensing deal shout out to atrium music and josh josh young i love him he's a great great guy um josh and jen over there at atrium atrium is an amazing company that um licenses music um just on all the most popular shows you can think of and um i was sent a brief i feel like i was sent this brief on love is blind months ago and usually in these briefs they are exactly as the word entails brief uh sometimes too brief because i wish they would just send me some <laughs> <laughs> and right right because <laughs> right. like I- i'm sure he feel he feels the same way or felt the same way when he mm-hmm. I-, I would love for there to be like some type of like you know footage where i can see and then make music to it but i get it there's clauses and there's protection and- you know, we just got to go by what we think we re- were reading. Like, I'm reading these briefs, and they're a bit ambiguous sometimes, and I'm having to just hope that, like, the music I'm making can fit that. But right. shout out to all the producers I work with. You know, Chris Bowie, um, Mike Kilbin, uh, Johnny and Inu- Johnny and Newendo, DJ Johnny, love you, bro. Um, Anthony Perkin. Um, you know, sorry for anybody I haven't shouted out, but all these guys are great producers. And, you know, we send in this stuff. But anyway, I got the brief for Love is Blind and I sent in the song Time Will Tell that I had recorded and released and I just kind of forgot about it. I think that actually. I think I sent in I might I may have sent in other songs for Love is Blind. I feel like it's been so long now, but I right. sent in these. I sent in this particular song in 2021
0: oh yeah so it's been a it's been a while did you did you have any inclination ahead of time that it was going to be on there or did you just see it when it came out
1: okay so so um atrium doesn't necessarily have to notify you of a placement (laughs) they can and they usually do but sometimes the placement will come out before the notification so in this case it did i had a friend watching with his wife my name pop up with my song pop up time will tell and I was like, damn, here I am. Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it, bro. Yeah, it yeah. Um, but yeah, I sent the song in, in 2021. Then I sent in, then I got the Love is Blind Brief. I think it had to have been last year or something. I don't remember. Sent in other music. But, you know, kudos to Josh, my boss over at Atrium. I love you, bro. He sent in the whole thing to the soups over there, the music supervisors. And thank God, you know, they picked it. So thanks to Josh. Yeah.
0: Well, well, again, that goes to show, I guess, you, 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 you never know until you try, right? Because you submitted something and then two years ago, it gets, or two, two years after, I should say, it gets used, right? So you just, you never know. Like, it's, it's always a good idea to, to work with what you can. Um, but that's that's uh that's that's super cool so so kind of backtracking a bit and then we'll get into a couple of your songs and maybe your influences and then i got a couple other kind of fun questions for you um but you know we talked about you got your publishing deal in 2009 we obviously just talked about some of the things of when you've now been an artist um on the artist side of things and have a have a record contract and everything else when uh so, so when, when did that switch happen for you that you decided? Because obviously you've always been doing music for quite a while. Um, yeah. But then you signed this deal in 2009 that was clearly more of an idea of writing music for other people. So was, yeah. there, was there something where like, that just didn't work for you? It, you didn't get the same thing you wanted out of it? Was there an opportunity to kind of work on your own music? What was the thought there to kind of make that switch?
1: From the publishing deal aspect or error to artist? Yeah, yeah um that's a, that's yeah that happened um in 2011 when i was invited to the ukraine to to the country ukraine um i was invited to ukraine to perform on television two nights in a row okay um on this <laughs> dude it was so wild bro so um i had this connection from a from a former colleague um his name is alan roy scott much respect to alan um he got me the opportunity. They wanted me to... They, they flew me out. All expenses paid. Um, I was, it was... Think of it as the Olympics meets... The Olympics meets American Idol. Okay. And I represented America. Uh-huh. And I was going against other people from other countries. So everybody represented wow. their own country. It was insane. <laughs> yeah. Multi-million, yeah. Dollar, multi-million dollar TV project. And... It was air two from what I was told, a hundred million people, both nights, Super Bowl sized audience, like uh, televised. It was insane. So when I left those performances, that kind of that definitely catapulted me to say, "You know what? I can do this. Yeah. I just performed two nights on television. In front of a hundred million people, I can do this as an artist
0: in a completely foreign country, right? Like doing all this 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 craziness. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, I I noticed that when I was looking through. You know, obviously I've listened to your music plenty of times. Gearing up for this, there's a lot of great content from EPs to kind of full lengths to singles, whatever else. But I noticed that your first single as a solo artist was 2011, at least on Spotify. So yeah, that's that that you've you've uh thankful um so oh, yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah so actually my releases go farther back than that uh, that's how spotify, it
0: usually is with spotify yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
1: they go they go farther back um my first release was a release a release on was was itunes it was on it's called the trinity then it just i had a bunch of, I've, I've actually had um 10 charting albums on the itunes top 100 charts no kidding um, Yes, I have. Yeah, with my friend Steven Jerzak, That's my best Mm -hmm. friend. And Solo. So, all together. So, um, now iTunes isn't really a thing. I mean, it is, but it isn't. So, things have changed. Um, But yeah, I've been out for a while. Spotify doesn't have my entire catalog at all. Um, But I look to expand and make my catalog far better on Spotify now because I feel like, now that my TikTok is blowing up, I feel like I can be able to take other things from those eras and reintroducing.
0: That's that's another thing I wanted to ask you about because um as somebody that like I I don't understand that platform at all. I feel like an old man, you know, but but like it, it's such an interesting place for music. I, I was listening to a podcast actually with a vocalist from a metal band and and she said like it's kind of the resurgence in some ways of how bands you know, when we were younger got big through MySpace. It's like there's a lot of that happening mm-hmm. in a way on on TikTok now where like people are just getting found because, you know, a single video does well or whatever. People really check out their music and then the next thing you know it explodes. And it's happening from everywhere from metal to pop to whatever else. So it, it kind of is a resurgence of that kind of virality for bands. Um and you've clearly hit a gold mine somewhere there because last I checked, I looked you're well over eighty thousand now, right? I don't know what the exact yeah. number is. I'm sure if I looked it up, it'd be already higher than the last time I checked. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what was there a specific thing that went viral for you that kind of picked that up? Was it kind of just a slow build, or where, where did that where did that come from? Because that's that's quite an achievement,
1: you know. Well, thanks, brother. Appreciate that. Um, uh-huh. So, I had actually started TikTok initially. Not with success. I actually would post things, and they just wouldn't go viral. <clears throat> so I gave up for a little bit, not long, just a little bit, and just recalibrated mentally, recalibrated the approach, and said, "I'm not going to go into this trying to get it viral. I'm going to go into this just enjoying the process.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just gonna write something. If it's finished or not, post it. Cover something." If it's shitty or not, post it. Cause if I like it, I'll post it. If you yeah, don't like it, you can flip up. So yeah. I took a very I took a very Bob Dylan approach with TikTok because Bob Dylan be writing shit and he's like, This is for me, not for you. That's yeah, how right. I did it. So once I did it like that, you know So
0: so you're saying you're the Bob Dylan of TikTok. Is that was right, well, what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Put my name at the
1: end and that's yeah, put my name <laughs> in the beginning and there we go. But no, like, (laughs) but yeah, (laughs) but no. I mean, like, I I took that approach because I was caring so much about like putting on a show and not about Mm -hmm. the music, and that comes off virally. Like that comes off, excuse me, virtually. Yeah, you know, there's a genuine nature that you have to convey when you're posting stuff online because no one can meet you in person. It's a different. Reality for people when they see an artist in person, as opposed to when they see them on TikTok. So the show isn't you putting on something fake. The performance is you putting on something real. Right. So when I would post things that were genuine, then the shit started to hit. So I had heard something in my head. It kept fucking with me in my head. I was like, damn, I can't get this out. I'm going to play this on piano, whatever it sounds like. Fuck it. We are. There it is. And there it was. That was it. And then other videos started to get popular. And then the algorithms were understanding that okay, this guy puts shit out and it's it goes. So little did I know, like little did I know followers would stick. Mm -hmm. You know, because there's a lot of things you can do on TikTok. There's they have they have a lot of wonderfully built-in things with their platform. They have promotion platforms, they have everything built in that you can do. Inside of TikTok. Right. Um, but you know, obviously none of it's guaranteed. You can go through their systems and nothing's guaranteed. So mm-hmm. to have all these followers and have all these wonderful human beings follow me. I love them all so much and I can't thank them enough. Like this is more than I would have ever thought. And by the way, I gotta say, TikTok ain't going nowhere. no No. <laughs> and here's why it's not going right. I need to say this to people. It's it would be unconstitutional to get rid of an app where you're putting free speech on. They would be getting lawsuits up their ass from every corner of the galaxy before they did that. There's too many Fortune 500 companies on this app. Too many people are making money off it. And a third of Americans are on it. (laughs) Are on this shit. Yeah. This shit ain't going nowhere. So I'm suggesting get on it today because if, you know, no matter where you are on the platform or where, where you are in your career, you really can see it can really change your life. It's been changing mine.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, just on the premise of that a little bit, it's like that it's kind of silly seeing the kind of weird um, negativity that gets like brought up on it via media or like, you it's know, political. government or, or politics or whatever, yeah, because it's, it's like bullshit, it's yeah. like the things that they say. Happen that would be wrong Happen with literally every social media platform every so it's, social like, media it's platform. like that's more of a that's a different issue for you to talk about that's not a specific platform issue to talk about right like yeah like, they
1: can talk about china getting our shit on tiktok but they can't talk about all the bots liking elon musk tweets and shit like, <laughs> yeah I'm right it's, like, it's so hypocritical yeah <laughs> it's it's so,
0: no 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 yeah. absolutely a hundred percent agreement that it's it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous right but um But no, yeah, that's that's wild that that, and and great that it worked out. And in a way like, you know, I've talked to a lot of people on this from different genres and different scopes of of their their music ventures and stuff and you know, some people really do not like playing the social media game. Some people really do. Some people wish, could, Dude, wish it could wish they w- w- wish they could like make that's an it. you know make an album like it was in the '80s, where you just make a record, put it out and tour, you know, which would be awesome, right? But uh, you that, but you can do that too. But like, but what I'm saying is, it's like what it boils down to, and what you were just saying too is like it all comes back to the music, right? Like you can try to do the, you can try to do the virality thing or not. You can try to do like what you were saying with like trying to push certain things that you thought people wanted to hear, you know, via video or not or whatever else. But like what it all comes down to is if you have good music, you know, obviously marketing helps, but like nothing beats solid songwriting, right? Like, like, because you can get people to come to your channel with some attention grabbing thing, but if the song's not good, no one's going to give a shit. Let's be blunt, yeah. right? And yeah, like, yeah,
1: that's completely correct. That's and, completely and, correct.
0: And that's kind of what what it boils down to is still good music is the foundation of everything else you can do with music. And yeah. um, coming from you, just from the past, I I, I was only going to scroll back here to about I think it was was it you had a, a, a your last album that had eight songs on it, at least according to Spotify. I know Spotify is not everything. That's what I what I tend to look at is is uh Love Thoughts. You had eight songs on that in twenty twenty. Oh. And since then you've put out um one, two, three, four, a but you know, I'm not gonna keep counting, but like a bunch of different single releases um mm-hmm. since then. All fantastic, like I said, don't make me wait, Fa- like fantastic song from somebody like me That's that right. loves kind of like blues, jazz, pop music, like right. in that vein, um, as I referenced earlier. Um Was there an approach that you changed to, to just kind of do more single minded things, just kind of the approach with how music is on different platforms. Um, And is there, uh, what what can we expect for uh, future releases from you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, brother. Uh, I I just kind of just released what I wanted to release. I, I didn't really necessarily think much about, um, um, you know, amount of records on a release. Like if I just wanted a single full record, you know, EP, something like that. I just put out whatever I wanted to. Like Love Thoughts was I wanted to put out a piano record. Mm -hmm. Um, The Midnight iPhone Sessions was I wanted to put out a guitar record that I only recorded on my iPhone. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just just ideas that I just... I love
0: that, by the way. That's awesome. That's such a cool idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool story about that is actually um, the song called Visible on the Midnight iPhone Sessions record. Mm Mm-hmm. That helped me get signed to the licensing deal with Atrium because there was a song on there called Visible that was placed in movie theaters, in AMC theaters. No kidding. Yeah, so I went to a conference in New Orleans, uh, which is, this here's a lesson about how to network in the music business. Yeah. I went to New Orleans to a music conference. Uh, Big shout out to uh, my former colleague and friend, Ryan Block, who made that happen. And we went out there and... Um, I told my now boss at atrium, Josh, um, I had the song playing everywhere in music theaters, I mean, movie theaters, like, I don't really know how that happened, but you know, I heard you work in this. Can you, that was the pitch to him because it was like, damn, if he could do this on his own with just songwriting and some shitty quality song on a iPhone, right? man, you know, so shout out to everybody involved, but, um. My plans for my next record. First of all, I need to say thank you to Mike Cusinelli, Ethan Isaac, Kenny Cash, everybody over at Factory Underground Records who signed me, signed me to this deal. My record deals with Factory Underground, mm-hmm. and my distribution is with Virgin Records and Universal Music. So, this is a huge, huge situation for me. Um, this is the major level up here. Um, so, this first, this debut album is super important to me because of the reach it's going to get and um for me i was talking to the label about the direction sonically recently and i wanted tears for fears vibe with a lot oh yeah um i love how anthemic their melodies are i love how gross and big they are
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i also love how um there's a simplistic nature to the songwriting Mm -hmm. that draws you into the melody so like for example like with everyone wants to rule the world the melodies are very simplistic but they're anthemic they're they're huge mainly because the production is is sonically so grand but but you know i also lyrically from a content perspective want to be able to touch upon not just love but social commentary there's a lot of things i want to talk about like you know um protecting our kids in schools this gun bullshit and 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 you know like women's rights, I want to talk about women's rights, LGBTQ rights, civil rights. You know, I'm half black, and so like that's really important to me. And um I want to be able to meld meld love and social commentary, like Tears for Fears. Yeah, did wonderfully. Like with some songs from the Big Chair, like they're really great. Like Sowing the Seeds of Love, like stuff like that. Like Beatles influence, which I love the Beatles, but very Orzabal and 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 um. Oh, I'm forgetting their names, but you know the dudes. TFF. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah yeah yeah. Um well, well well that's great. So so you're you're talking a debut album with with your with um with this latest deal that you've gotten right? Sure, is that what you're yeah. we talking about? No deal, yeah. 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 Um is there uh is there any specifics you can give on that for people if they haven't heard anything? Um, is there an idea of when the first single from that would drop or any of the singles you put out last year going to be on it? You know, all the cliche questions with an upcoming release.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure, bro. Yeah. So no, no uh, date yet. Uh, I don't know if I could even say the date yet. Right.
0: No, you're good. You're good. I, I totally get it. No worries. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, but no, I'm actually flying out there really soon. I'll be flying out there throughout the year, making the record at their studio. Oh, sick! So, um, s- part of the record is already done in the sense I've made records here in Chicago, but I'm going to be making the rest of the record there. In I gotcha. And working with the producers out there, and um, they've got such a great team out there. Um, I believe his name is Mark Allen, too. Um, other guy over there. I got to meet everybody still, but uh-huh. again, much love to everybody. Mike, Mike Cusinelli is. I can't think Mike. Thank you so much, Mike. Again for this opportunity. Um, i can't appreciate i just it's amazing what you've done but i can't thank you enough but um anyway yeah the the label will be flying me out i'll be making the record and i will have dates for everything soon but there's a process we're going to be doing the waterfall release effect and
0: you know of course i i i i get it i i I figured i would ask just on the off chance you could give me a little something but that's i totally get it it. it. that was good though that was good (laughs) uh but uh it's it's good for, you know just as as you know from from following the the podcast a bit like i i like to talk about music and also like social political issues things of that nature so it's good to hear that you're uh you're you know you're into writing about those different issues that speak to things you care about i think that's always a good thing and on top of it i think like when you write about those things you know ideologies or politics or whatever aside like people just identify with someone that speaks about things that matter to them right yeah, so like yeah. you can even have people that disagree with the message you have or something on a given topic which if they do I'm sure they're wrong but you know it's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, but but uh, but uh you know it, you could still relate to the fact that somebody is being very authentic with what they choose to make you yeah know, it comes make, off make about, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it comes
1: right. off authentic you know if you mean what you believe it you know
0: yeah right right yeah. and it, it also you know it just you know, from just a songwriter perspective, it always gives you more, more in your arsenal to talk about, right? Like and more, more things to kind of make you uh, come outside of your box a bit when it comes to songwriting and melody and lyrics and all those kinds of things where you can have a variety of topics like that to, to talk about that are important to you. So that's a great thing. I'll be excited to hear that record when it comes out, you Thanks know, well. obviously we could always do. I, I, have I would always love to do like a track by track with you. If you ever want to do oh, that um, bro, or something like that. that, that'd be great. So, so yeah, if you ever want to yes. do that, um, yes. um yes. I am all for that. We can give more yes. details on that. when, when that let's comes. Go, let's go. Yeah, let's, let's do it. But, uh, yes. before I let you go, uh, thanks so much for talking about all this stuff again. Uh, Dylan has Dylan Lloyd, um, has, uh, a, a good amount of music for anybody that hasn't checked it out on Spotify. Um, again, the midnight iPhone session. Oh, this is what I want to talk about before I ask you the last few questions, the yeah. midnight iPhone sessions. I absolutely love that idea because it reminds me of, I've talked about this one time on this podcast before, but, um, when i was younger i was a big switchfoot fan right the you know the sure. rock band switchfoot yeah. and and i forget the lead singer's name but but he was kind of the first person that he did a solo ep that was it charted on itunes charted billboards everything else and he recorded it on his laptop and garage band right like he just it? like he he probably had some good mics oh, right wow. but like he just hooked it up in like 2009 and recorded it on that and like just kind of he kind of did it to show like Hey, if you've got good songs, people listen to them. You don't necessarily not to say that we don't all love the high production. I love booming, huge production. I love the best studio album ever. But like, if you've got songs that like sound good on an iPhone, they'll sound good with a uh, symphony. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just like it's kind of a cool idea to just have uh, put out something like that. Because like, whenever I see that, it just really shows somebody's like. My songs are good enough that I can literally record on my phone, put it out there, yeah. and people will like it. And and it's yeah. it's great, it's great. Um, but yeah. I just want to give props for that because I think that's a cool thing to do to show Thank people you. you don't need to Thank spend you. thousands of dollars to put out music. That's great. No, right? no, so, no, you know what I did was
1: know. I I I put my phone on. So I had to first I had to be in an empty room. So my grandmother lived in this place in her last remaining years before she died of a vascular dementia. Got rest her soul. And I recorded in the room she passed in and used that room as not just a a place to capture the aura, but also, you know, it was an empty room, so it gave me natural acoustic to work with sonically. So I wasn't actually, um, yes, actually, yes, I recorded in, I recorded in garage. Yes, I recorded in garage. Yeah, I recorded in GarageBand. It wasn't through voice note. Um I, I eventually did a voice Notes album recently.
0: Yeah, I did see that as well. You yeah, I noticed that songs. as well. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, I, I listened through all those great great songs as well. No no shot yeah, there. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Thanks for, But this one was done through GarageBand. I would put the put the, the the phone in the middle of the room, um equidistant to me and the guitar. Um but then have it capture the rest of the room around me. So I'd be in the yeah. middle of the room but have kind of the sonic you know, the dynamic, the dynamics of the sound quality of the room kind of um, encircle me, so that I would have the best acoustics possible. Um, and it turned out great. So the uh, voice notes album was just putting the phone on the piano on a soft on a soft um, padding, so that uh-huh. the piano wouldn't rumble the phone. Mm-hmm. So it had softness on it, but it would capture the voice notes quality is so pure and perfect. It just caught it great and I would just sing into the phone like that was my mic and then it would capture the sound of the piano the piano would be closed so it wouldn't be overly bearing man um and then um I sent everything to get mixed to my great friend Mike Kilburn, who's a fantastic producer in New Orleans and he mixed and engineered it and actually Sinead O'Connor's producer mixed and engineered the Midnight iPhone session record oh no shit yeah bro yeah so um shout out to Chris Burkett.
0: So, yeah. so when when you recorded with well the garage band one so so would you was were those like separate tracks that you did like one at a time with guitar and, and singing yeah okay and and then but then the voice memo oh no, no 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 all at the same time okay okay so that's what i was asking because that is it. that is super impressive because like Pretty somebody sure. yeah somebody all being able to put that out and then also whoever was able to it's so hard to mix something that that um that's simple in a way, right? Really? Like it's it's yeah. super hard to like figure out the new the nuances of like the cutting of the EQs and the boosting and different things Holy. like that. Holy. So like that's that's badass too. So for, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but again, like um, that that's that's the way it goes sometimes, man. Because you can do those high production, um, albums and everything else that like you know you you love to do, but you can also like totally get great results from very minuscule, you know, spending on the production end, right? Like just literally recording yeah. with your phone if you need to. So like the, the, the point that I'm trying to get across anybody that's listening is like, there's, there's no excuse, right. Other than, you yeah. know, there are write Your own songs, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. just do it. Um, because- but, uh, basically again, awesome. Awesome shit there. I I absolutely love hearing about that stuff. I don't know. There's something about the DIY aspect of those things that just like is so cool to me. Oh, for sure, bro. Yeah, yeah, definitely. um, But okay. So I got two questions for you. This one, one of them might be kind of harder because you're a solo artist, but like I usually ask it to bands, but maybe you'd still have a good answer for it. But um, first one I'd ask is you can play a third, you know, your dream three show or three band, three artists tour bill right like let's say people that are living no longer with us i can already i already know who one of them is probably going to be when you say it but but who could who would you want to i I would say open for with a three band three artist bill for a tour like dream bill anybody you could do
1: well i'll give you an unrealistic one and a realistic one unrealistic meaning that they're dead
0: yeah that's fine though that's fine (laughs) the the, the three unrealistic
1: one would would be mike Prince and a full band of the Beatles. That's yeah, fun. that that that's my dream three. Of course, that's um, that's
0: that's monumental right there. It doesn't get much bigger than that, you know. <laughs> no, because okay.
1: Prince influenced me to be a multi instrumentalist. So Prince was uh-huh.
0: instrumental in that,
1: literally and figuratively, for me. Uh-huh. When I was listening to his records, I was like, he's playing everything, so why I, I can do it too? So I then ended up mm-hmm. learning four different instruments. Right, right. So, um, realistically, um, a great friend of mine, I I think she's such a tremendous talent. I would love to tour with her if she ever went on tour. If you're hearing this, Haley, I'm saying, talking about you, Haley Knox, she's incredible. Incredible. Um, Love to tour with Haley. Uh, I would love to tour with John. I think John Mayer. John Mayer is. I think he just has this appreciation for great music and, and for, and for, you know, an acoustic sound. And, and he's just, he just, he just gets it. I I just, I just think creatively, I could really work well with his vibe. I think thirdly, this is actually a tough, tougher question to tougher, tougher one to answer. I'd say I'd say Gavin DeGraw.
0: Hey, great pick.
1: That's a great, that's a great pick. I'd say Gavin DeGraw because Gavin and I are in that same kind of realm. It'd be a piano tour. You know, I could just play the keys and then I'm done. He hops on the keys, does his thing. We yeah. both have that similar R&B-ish vibe. Pop vibe. Mm-hmm. I've always loved Gavin. He, he, he's like the, he's like pink is to the pop world in the female line of things. You know, for the male part of things of the pop world, because Pink can come out any era of any year, or whatever, and put out a hit. Same with Gavin. Yeah. Gavin mm-hmm. can stay away for a while and come back and put out a hit. These are just great songwriting. This is great songwriting, right? So yeah, Gavin. So Gavin, Haley Knox, um, and John, uh, John, John Mayer. Mayer. John Mayer. Yeah.
0: Hell yeah! Hey, that's a hell of a hell of a lineup. This one might <laughs> be even harder. Last one. Um. So again, you're a solo artist, but obviously, if you got to perform, and you could have a a dream band light up, right? Holy uh wow. let, uh So what I do ask people, um, I've asked people like I've asked people this that are in in the band together to pretend they're not in the band together and come up with different, are you know, a different uh, lineup for their band or whatever, but. Um, you could have any backing band, you know, bass player, you could think of as crazy as you want. Bass player, guitarist, drummer, two guitarists, piano player, whatever. Who would you want as your backing band um, for your tours?
1: Well, I would play the piano. Um, It would just be a four-piece band, and I would play the piano, so that would mean I would need a guitarist, bassist, and a drummer. Mm -hmm. My guitarist would be Prince. Hell yeah. My bass player would be Sting. Mm -hmm. And... My drummer would be Karen Carpenter.
0: Hell yeah. I I love those picks. Those are great. That's classic. My drummer, my
1: drummer would be Karen Carpenter. That would fucking be ridiculous. Look at she that. Is, That's... She is she is the dopest fucking drummer I have ever seen. Karen Carpenter. So nobody talks about her. And I have no idea
0: why. <laughs> Under, it's some of the best that are underappreciated. You know what I mean? So she I, gets I, the I get the shit out man. of
1: those skins, bro. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh.
0: It's yeah, ridiculous. I I know exactly what like but it that's 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 a great pick though, you know. <laughs> uh those are those are those oh, are Dave,
1: like... Dave Grohl over John Bonham over over Ringo over
0: dude. Uh, Karen Carpenter. Mhm. I get it. It's, it's it's a good pick, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh so so again, uh th- those are those are great picks. So we got let me think again. So we've got <laughs> you said Prince on guitar, you said Sting on bass, you said Carpenter on drums, and then you playing piano and singing. So just how good is that shit? <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 the all star of all stars right there, and that's yeah, like yeah, yeah, that's not even going overly cliche all star. That's going like the greatest that people know are the greatest, right? <laughs> yeah, so, right. Um, that's that's solid, man. So so again, Dylan, thanks so much for coming on. Anybody that has not uh, checked out Dylan's music, just look him up, Dylan Lloyd um on Spotify uh Dylan can you give the plugs of where you're at on socials just in case I get the numbers wrong or whatever else
1: (laughs) sure first of all thanks Brandon for having me brother I can't wait to show the new album to you that's gonna be dope. yeah
0: Yeah, that'll Um, be sick
1: so yeah my socials are uh Dylan Lloyd D-Y-L-A-N two L's O-I-D so D-Y-L-A-N-L-O-I-D one at Instagram and uh what is it on TikTok I gotta see real quick my bad they're kind of the, all the same. I,
0: th- I thought it was the same one because I, kind of I, I, I looked at it earlier today, so I, I yeah. think it is. But well, TikTok TikTok is Dylan Lloyd underscore. Okay. And Instagram yeah. is Dylan Lloyd one. It'll all be in the notes as well, guys. So just yeah, look so in Instagram notes. Dylan yeah. Lloyd
1: one, Instagram Dylan Lloyd one, TikTok Dylan Lloyd underscore. Those are the main two. You got to really, yeah. Yeah. On. If you can't Sounds find good. me, Google me. I'm really Googleable.
0: Yeah. You you show up pretty quick on on, yeah. on that as well. When you just search your name as well. So again, thanks Dylan. Um, All the best. And then one last question before I let you go sure. out of all of your releases, um, give me a song to play at the end.
1: Oh, Oh dude. Uh, uh, I was gonna say play another song, but you know what? You, you love this song. Just play "Don't Make Me Wait." Just play that.
0: All right, we'll play "Don't Make Me Wait." Most recent release on on Spotify, at least. Great track, and we'll be looking forward to hearing more stuff from the debut album. Uh, thanks a lot, Dylan. Thanks, bro.